You are listening to ACPN. Video, this is Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? <sighs> Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. This is Russ and Zach. Hello. For another new release wall. Uh, probably the last new release wall you're going to get for a few episodes because we've got some plans coming up. Yep. Uh, today we are talking about the reign of the Superman. And technically, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Reign of the Superman and a little bit about how Reign of the Superman and the Death of Superman, which was the previous animated movie we've already talked about, yep. I'll put that link in the in the show notes, how they blend together into a single film, because we went and saw it as a double feature uh, through uh, Fathom yeah, events. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking Phantom. Yeah. Phantom, Phantom, yeah. Especially because now that they've teamed up with Adam Ticketing. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the other interesting thing about this is that they are the Reign of the Superman comes out tomorrow or today by the time I get this edited and posted, and <clears throat> the double feature they did it twice, once on Saturday and once today. This is Monday, and uh, <clears throat> they also this week announced that they are going to be releasing a extended cut of both movies, cut it to one longer movie with additional footage oh, cool. later in the year. Uh, so that's part of why I wanted to talk about kind of the double feature as well as the movie itself. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what are your kind of initial thoughts on The Rain? Uh, I dug it a lot more than um, I uh, liked uh, Death. Um, Death of Superman. Um, which I liked. I just, I like this more. Yeah. And uh, I just think that it, uh, like, it, it could just be because my, my memory of that arc right. is more... Is, is less strong than the death of Superman is, just mm-hmm. because yeah. we've talked about it a million times, so it's continually being refreshed after Batman versus you know, and, and all yeah. the, you know, all the different times that Doomsday has come up over in the years yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, uh, you know, I <clears throat> I dig the animation in, and it I don't I can't tell whether it was like a little bit better in the second one or like I I, I don't know maybe it was just more characters because De- uh, Death of Superman had kind of a there wasn't a lot of people. non-super people yeah exactly yeah. there was like and also like the back half of the film was basically Lois and yeah. Lois Bebo and uh, or not Bebo, Bebo. Bebo. <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> yeah. um, I, I will say uh, I, I think the animation was a little bit better I also think that the animation for this <coughs> one was probably done after they had cast everybody. Like, yeah. one of the things... I, I remember really not liking Rain Wilson's performance as Lex Luthor in The Death. And I still didn't, watching it again. Yeah. But I will say that watching the way they depicted Lex, yeah. he felt kind of... Like, the animation didn't sync up with the voice. And so I'm wondering if it's really Rain Wilson's performance that I didn't like, yeah. or if it's that they weren't animating to his performance, that they were animating a traditional Lex, and then you had this kind of non-traditional take on him yeah, in the yeah. voice. Yeah. Uh, in Reign of the Superman, for a couple of reasons. First of all, because they probably already knew the performance they were animating to. Yeah. And secondly, because the movie itself was a lot more comic relief heavy. Yeah. Uh, it, it, his performance felt a lot more at home. I still didn't love it, but I liked his performance in Reign, where I still did not like it in death. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of him overall yeah. as an actor, but like, 
and I'll usually like it'll he'll be like if he's in a show or in a movie he's one of my like he's not like Queen Latifah level where I'm like nope just not gonna see it at all nope yeah. I'm done um, but uh, he is in the world of it's gonna take a lot to get me interested in this. In this, but uh, yeah, at least you need a giant s- shark, at least. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, uh, well, the, you know, with, with the Meg, it's kind of the promise that yeah, at yeah. some point he's going to die. Like, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so that's you know whatever. But uh, but also there's the Jason Jason Statham factor. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Like I just go see this. <laughs> and it, it was a big dumb blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ruby Rose was in it five minutes after they announced she was Batwoman. Yeah, yeah. It was like, we were gonna see that movie anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, it's funny. <clears throat> I really enjoyed Reign of the Superman. Yeah. Um, I do have more of an emotional attachment to the comic book story, and uh, there were a lot of changes made, which I do understand there's a lot of reasons you need to make changes. This is a very long storyline in the comics. Yeah. Uh, this is a very different... DC Universe. Not just in, long, but like so many. Oh, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, it did, what was it, a year? Was it, or, uh, yeah. Not quite. It was okay. It was about but six But it was months. like, I just remember being like, Jesus Christ, going to the comic book yeah. store and dropping a shit ton of money every, <laughs> every week. It was, it was about six months. <laughs> Superman died in Superman 75, yeah. and then the final Back for Good issue yeah. where he got back into the Superman costume was Superman 82. Yeah. And then... Uh, Within the kind of world of it, they did have an eight-part, so it was weekly, so it was two months, yeah. the funeral for a friend thing in between. Yeah. Uh, but also, Reign of the Superman branched out into some other books that weren't Superman yeah. books, and so it was a, it, basically it was six months. Yeah. Uh, but again, it was six months of weekly comics, yeah. and so it was a long story. Yeah. Like, it's twice as long as Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, but so I I understand the need for changes and I will say I enjoyed it a lot of my personal reservations were things that were changed that I didn't feel needed to be changed and uh, some of them were not objectively bad they were just kind of baffling in the like why did we change that kind of sense Uh, but kind of I try to step away from that and judge these things on their own merits because again like I, I, it frustrates the heck out of me as somebody who exists in the geek sphere uh, with the constant, like, this isn't exactly like the... Uh, Aquaman's supposed to be blonde. Supergirl's <laughs> supposed to be more blonde. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, I, I um, as a person who, like, has, like, a vague remembrance of it, yeah. like, I remember all the characters. I remember, like, they're, they're kind of how they're supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Like, I think all of those, like, the... And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I feel like all of those, like, the hot points of it mm-hmm. were close. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which I, I also, like, I'm also, like, if they needed to change something, like, it's also been, like, I get it. Like, yeah. The crowd, you know, it was it was relatively thin, what, 20 people maybe? Yeah, probably. And, like, they I were mean, all I mean, part of that is, honestly, <laughs> well, part of that, too, is because they did this on Saturday, uh, I kind of feel like oh, yeah. anybody who really needed to see it this minute yeah. probably went Saturday. Oh, it's then, also Monday night. Yeah, it's yeah, also Monday, it's Monday night, night, so, I mean, like, yeah, might not have kids there or something like that, but yeah. but it was like certainly the like I recognize most of those people from the comic book store yeah um, crowd um, and uh, and so and they I mean they they seem uh, pretty excited about it all um, which which was good yeah, um, yeah. 
like there's a couple of yeah. like mm-hmm. sort of things. Um, there was one dude who was apparently super excited about Lex Luthor because he got a couple of yes for Lex. That <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> so like he's he's one of the like villains of all comic books that yeah. entertain me more than anything uh, because like there's a certain point when and I know that there's been a redemption or like. I don't know if it's an actual redemption arc or whether it's a whatever at some point in the stories, right? Yeah, well, he... It's been a long time since I read Soups. This um, thing that they do in the post-credits sequence, uh, which uh, I, I don't feel too bad spoiling just the post-credits coda because it's yeah. basically just set up for a sequel that, yeah. you know, these are... This is an ongoing universe. That, uh, so, you know, if you don't want to hear any spoilers at all, fast forward about a minute. Yeah. Uh, but this thing they tease in the in the post-credits coda where he joins the Justice League yeah. is a thing that happened a few years back. Uh, Jeff Johns really likes Lex Luthor, wanted to write him into the Justice League, and then used Lex as, like, a foil for Darkseid in this story called Darkseid War. Yeah. So I assume they're teasing Darkseid War there, although I will also say that, like, it's going to be a while before they get to Darkseid War because there's a lot of animated projects lined up from DC Universe right now, yeah. and... Uh, like there's there's at least four or five of them that I can think of, and yeah. none of them sound like they're gonna be like super in the continuity that we're seeing them yeah. building here. Uh, there is a Justice League movie coming up called Justice League versus the Fatal Five, but I don't get the impression it has anything to do with like Darkseid and all that kind of stuff. Um, but so yeah, the the idea of having Lex be quasi redeemed yeah. is something that. Uh, has happened. I think they wanted to get to the point where Lex could be potentially involved with the sequel that they're setting up. It's just one of those, like, he's always the, like, it's, it's, and it's one of the reasons why I'm more of a Batman person than a Superman person when it comes to DC. Um, And it's because, like, I don't know, the bat, like, the cynicism level that exists within Batman and, like, Superman's like, oh, we can't, like, there's a certain point when, like, in, in Rain where I'm just like, just, I just wish someone would just rip off his head. Yeah. Because I'm just, I, I, I was never interested in it. It's also, uh, since I was 12, I've hated, I basically hated billionaires. Yeah. Um, so unless, you know, Batman even I have complicated (laughs) problems with because, but on the other hand, it's Batman. It's not Bruce yeah, Wayne. Yeah. Like I don't have to love Bruce Wayne, you know. Like, but uh, so you know, obviously that's a little bit why you know anti-capitalist like, yeah. sort of thing. But, um, but no, but it's it's it is it's just one of those. It's like especially since it happened so many times in these yeah. two films. Like yeah. it's like he's a he's an asshole. He's yeah, a just, bad person. He's a yeah, bad everything. Yeah. And then oh no no, but he's an okay guy because he helped did this one thing. Yeah, which as yeah. he's laying there like almost dying after Superman saved his life. He's still like, no, it's supposed to be my time. Yeah, and yeah. I, that was in, you know, death. That was but, death. Yeah. yeah, but still, like, but, yeah. all of that's still there. So, but uh, you know, um, I'm sure, and I'm sure it's not helped by Rain Wilson voicing it. it it's <laughs> funny. I feel like the the redemption arc that they kind of set up in these was mostly in service of, like I said, potential sequels yeah, down the line. Yeah. But I also kind of feel like the reason they started him as like under house arrest and yeah. not just like bad about yeah. Is because is it was literally just for the throw the throw the throwaway joke of him wearing the the red wig and the beard from yeah, yeah, yeah. the Lex Luthor Jr. from Reign of the Superman. Yes. Uh, but I uh, so I mean all that aside, I think that it was a really I think it was really well done. I think yeah. that most of the choices they made in terms of changes and in terms of editing was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, there's like 
one of the things that happened in the comics because like you had all these pages to fill was that they had all the characters fighting at one point or another. I was like, I, there's, I'm sure there were one or two permutations of characters who did not fight, to, uh, yeah. like the Superman, yeah. but I can't think of it. And so uh, they had one sequence where they all kind of come together for the first time and everybody yeah. fights over nonsense. Yeah. And that was actually kind of, it, it was a fun, clever way of like both getting that stuff all out of the way at once so it yeah. didn't perfect, like permeate the whole movie. And also, you know, one of the things you always talk about when you talk to these animators is, like, for a 75-minute movie, you need X number of action beats. You yeah. need X number of, like, act breaks. And, and I think that the, that fight scene provides that. Yeah. You know, the first half of the film was very much about kind of World Without a Superman and laying the groundwork of these new guys and, you know. It wasn't, it, like, it was never boring, though, like, which was... No, which was no, but I think that... I mean, the writing, I mean, writing, voice acting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, we're, I'm not mentioning those just because yeah, they were yeah. solid, and it yeah, yeah. it's not a question. The, the one thing that I, like, the one performance I wasn't crazy about was Cameron Monaghan, who voiced uh, Superboy, but I, I don't know how much of that was Monaghan and how much of that was just the fact that Superboy was written to be really annoying. Yeah. And I think, like, it was intentional that he was yeah. written to be really annoying, um... Uh, in the vein of things that uh, I thought were, was a clever change, because there are a lot of characters in Rain. You don't have the bandwidth to set up yeah. a lot of this stuff. Uh, and so, to me, I, I really liked the idea of... In the comics, there's this character called Rex Leach, who becomes Superboy's agent, yeah. and essentially manipulates him by holding room and board and money and potentially his hot daughter over Superboy's head. Yeah. And, like, you don't, not only do you not need him, but you don't have the bandwidth for him in this movie. And so they streamline that by saying Lex Luthor was funding Cadmus, Lex Luthor is funding Superboy, and he's the one who plays that role of the money man slash yeah. abusive father figure, emotionally abusive father figure. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that worked really well, especially because they did have such a big part for Lex. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the latter-day changes to the mythology that made Lex the other half of Superboy's DNA. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I, I liked the fact that they cut through the, like, who are these guys pretty quickly and got to the point where everybody was, like, even though they were all still saying, I'm Superman... Yeah. It was like colloquially, everybody was already using Steel, the Eradicator, yeah. Superboy, yeah, yeah. and the Cyborg. Yeah. Uh, very quickly. Sometimes irritated of it uh, being called it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I actually, I actually dug um, Superboy. Um, yeah. I, I, he actually probably got the most. Um, obviously, he was kind of supposed to. That's, so, uh, that's not surprising. But... Just so it's been said, that's uh, Jerome slash the Joker from Gotham. Oh. The redhead. Oh, very good. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, like uh, just his character. I mean, his character yeah. voice, every, everything across the board. Just I, I think he got like he got the best. I, I think he got. He did get a lot of the best. Had, lines, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had, which again, like with, is is within character. Superboy, yeah. 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 Um, I, I will say it's kind of funny slash odd slash whatever that all of the other Supermen. Yeah. Um, or no, Henshaw. I don't think Henshaw's done anything. But uh, you know, he was Cameron Monaghan as Superboy. Charles Halford from Constantine was the Eradicator, and then uh, 
Cress Williams, who plays Black Lightning with Steel. Yeah. And it's just kind of like that thing of like, yeah, everybody's put, everybody's <laughs> pitching in double duty here. Like the TV side, the live action TV side is giving all these animated features. Well, they're they're learning from Marvel, who like just just Marvel and Disney just hire the same twelve people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which I'm less, which makes me a little less angry with D, with with DC versus animation yeah. or whatever, as opposed to when you know. Marvel just does it, and it's the, yeah. the, the same. <laughs> anyway. It's it's also weird. I, I feel like, well, and I, I can't remember what, but I feel like Halford Charles Charles Halford has also been. I feel like he was like a monster on Legends of Tomorrow or some wacky thing. Like yeah. I feel like he's also. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How did you think that it kind of blended with the death? As... Well, I mean, I think the. I mean, I think seeing them back to back like worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be definitely interested to see how they uh, like re-edit them together. Uh, if I had thing. to guess, I imagine they'll give a little bit more funeral for a friend. Yeah, just I, I, that's it, like the one I like would have liked that a little bit yeah. more than than I don't know. But it, <laughs> it's it's tough because like funeral for a friend is the heart and soul of the whole Death and Return yeah. trilogy, but at the same time, it's not dynamic. Yeah. In the way that animated movies need to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are certain things like you know the the idea of like rioting in the streets and all that kind of stuff because there's no Superman like you can play with that and maybe they will. Um, well, I mean it, it would be a good it's a good um, it's a good intermission. Yeah. Between the two, basically, you have two features, which I mean I can't imagine they're going to be doing that much. And also it's right. going to be still going to be a lengthy animated film. I think with um, unless if you say it, it, like based on doing they're gonna yeah. do more they're gonna add more not subtract and edit i think um, with the constantine and again it's a slightly different thing because constantine the constantine animated movie aired as those little like two minute microsodes yeah. on the web and yeah uh but i think constantine had like 20 extra minutes of footage yeah uh it wouldn't surprise me if it's somewhere between 10 and 20 extra minutes yeah. and some of that would probably be connective tissue some of that might be in the final fight to give it more but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they do it. I do think that while I would have liked to see more funeral for a friend, uh, the way that they left off the death yeah. and the way they started the rain, mm-hmm. uh, both worked as standalone movies. I think that the idea of like, oh man, it would have been nice to explore that a little bit more, only exists because you watch them back to back and because yeah. they're sequels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think that. If you're watching Reign of the Superman as its own kind of standalone yeah. movie, it would be like, oh yeah, this is like the obvious place to start. Where yeah. we literally start with a kind of establishing monologue that's like, here's what's happened since Superman died, and now these new guys are showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and it's funny because there's a clip that we debuted on ComicBook.com of Steel rescuing Jimmy Olsen from an oncoming bus because he like stops to get a photo. Yeah. And. Uh, that was literally the first like yeah. action beat of the movie. It was one of those things where like I, I debuted it. I expected it to be early in the movie, but it's like I went to get a cup of coffee and when I came back, that was scene already, was it on. was already happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um the it's, it's like one of the big things I actually really liked about this is the fact that and I and and, and it's interesting whether or not um whether or not it works for people who obviously aren't our age and yeah, like yeah. that was the age. I mean like we're literally like that was com- our comics yeah, like yeah. I'm sure other people other age groups have different arcs that are like those yeah. are our comics and like this is like what um, this is what got me into comics as a thing completely yeah and um, like so I like the fact that they just jumped into everything mm-hmm. like yeah. I, we didn't have to like go through any backstory of like who is 
Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. who is all these? Because I think that's what Justice like. That's one of the problems with the the uh, the DC's arc, where mm. like they didn't do what Marvel did, uh, which yeah. is devote a film basically to each character, right? Um, and just like some of them are going to be seventy five million dollar films, some of them are going to be yeah. one hundred and fifty, depending on the character or whatever, and just yeah. eat the time and just do it. Like I'd still like obviously that we're looking at a whole different thing now yeah, since yeah. everybody's fucking gone except for Aquaman, um, which is the weirdest fucking Woman. sentence I've ever. <laughs> Well, it's just, I mean, it's just like, yes, I think, I feel like, yeah, Wonder Woman, that's, that's not necessarily surprising, but like, again, we were having this yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. before. Well, we literally were walking down the, the hallway mm. and it was Spider-Man to the left, Aquaman to the right, and then Superman, and then Bumblebee was at the end of the hallway and it was like, yeah, this could have been, this would have been like, if, if it was 1995, we would have been losing our collective fucking oh, shits. Yeah. Like about, I mean, like, not that it, I don't think it's awesome, especially considering all of them are good. Yeah. Which is yeah. wild. I mean, that's, like, that's the thing is that like, there's, I mean, it, and just generally speaking, yeah. like even when you get to like the justice leagues, of yeah. it all, like outside of like suicide squad, yeah. I don't think there's been an objectively bad mm. one of these movies in a while. Yeah. Like it really is like, even the ones that you don't love are still pretty fucking solid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. especially as like brainless popcorn action movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I, I didn't like Homecoming that much, but it, I can't argue that it's a bad... Right, it's exactly. It's in no way, same. shape, and form a bad film. Yeah. Same thing with uh, uh, and, uh and, the, and the Wasp. Like, mm. I I still liked... I actually liked that film, but I didn't like... Yeah. It wasn't even the first Ant-Man, which I yeah, was just like, yeah. yay, Paul Rudd's getting money! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is mainly... <laughs> which is my happy point of the, of yeah, the entire yeah. uh, Avengers... Uh, um, oh, fuck it, Endgame yeah. uh, uh, trailer. was just like, yay! Paul Rudd got a big check. <laughs> uh, one thing I will say, and I'm, you got to drive, and so I'm going to... But uh, uh, a story that I'm going to write... Uh, for comic book, and that I'll probably touch on in the second half of this episode, because uh, I'm going to do a spoilery thing on Spider-Verse with Logan uh, tomorrow. Uh, but uh, there's a scene real early on where Cyborg Superman says... Or is either Cyber, Cyborg Superman or the Eradicator. One of the guys says, there's only one Superman during the big melee between the four. Yeah. And it it was interesting to me because you can take this kind of thematic thread of like Spider-Verse and Reign of the Superman both have like the multiple variants of and the entire theme of Spider-Verse is this is all random chance all you have to be is a good person and this could be you and then in Reign of the Superman it's literally like no like there's something special about Superman. There's literally just the one guy who can do it. Yeah, yeah. And thematically that tracks because that's yeah. what the whole reign of the Superman was about in the comics was yeah. this idea that it takes four of them to make a really shitty approximation yeah. of what he was able to do day to day. Yeah. Uh, and so especially considering that at the same time too, you were Batman was being replaced and you yeah, know, and yeah. like so like the main you know obviously the two there's two main characters yeah, in the DC yeah. world and it's those two guys yeah. and like Batman's back is broken he's still yeah. hanging around but like yeah there's Batman's and they're kind of doing them yeah, you know, yeah like they're still in the Batman thing like yeah. <laughs> and so to me it was like it was one of those weird I, I like texted myself to remind myself that I have to write something about mm-hmm. that because I'm just like there's something really interesting about the fact that these are in like theaters next door to each other yeah. and they are literally like you can take the same basic theme yeah. 
flip it on its head. And it's like it's not me being like super reachy. Like that's that's yeah. it's right there. <laughs> Literally physically in the hallway. Yeah. And it, it does make me think. Like the moment you mentioned that, I'm like, oh god. Like obviously the the two universe. Like this is these are like straight to DVD films yeah, that we yeah. saw in theaters versus a I don't know what a hundred million dollar whatever I that, think whatever Spider Man was. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking, like, oh, man, if you could give the the Spider-Man crew access to this storyline in particular. Oh, I know. Like, obviously it would be too similar, so, like... Yeah, yeah. Whatever, but still, it was just, like, in a universe where DC and Marvel are flipped on, like, what money they spend on things. Like, you go, oh, man, that would be... That would be amazing. (laughs) I mean, it's... I mean, I I would personally rather see, like, a lie... I mean... I'm still the obviously it'll yeah. be a long time before we get to see this yeah. ever again. But like having this arc, you know, yeah, be done in a proper film sense yeah. without, you know, I know it really like it still bums me out that we got the death of Superman and then nothing that follows it up. Yeah, um, and I, like I like I think we're long established that we both love, uh, you know, Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is it's it's because it's not. The, the death of Superman part of it is the part that I had the hardest time with because we knew it was never going to be what I wanted yeah, it yeah. to be from the comics. And also, you had that thing that I know we've talked about before where it's like, you guys broke Clark Kent yeah. because like he's buried as Clark yeah. and uh, all that. Like that They don't do that in here. It's just like yeah, in yeah. the comics where they bury Superman and Clark is presumed missing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so... Like, you have an in to bring Clark Kent back yeah, yeah. if you want to. Whereas in the live-action movies, it's like it would have to be an act of God to figure out how to make that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially because they don't have any shapeshifters <laughs> in the live-action movies, so it's yeah, not yeah. like you can just ma- have them in the same room as Superman. Yeah. <laughs> um, it does always make me... And still, like, I think one of the great the great scenes, and this is in, mm-hmm. this is in uh, Death, uh, which is funny because I actually like Rain more, but I yeah. reference Death more. But uh, like, it's a scene when they're in the restaurant and she's she's getting told that he's yeah. and it's just like look into my eyes and it's like, <laughs> which is what it's always irritated me. Like, obviously it has to, she has to be yeah. like kind of off because, but it's still it's like she's especially in the film yeah. like she's portrayed as this like Pulitzer Prize winning amazing yeah. like investigative journalist and she can't see the fucking which I get that's the metaphor I get yeah, that's the whole yeah. thing you know I get it I get it I get it but like it's still it's always just as a journalist yeah, like as it's, as it's, a person who kind of like lives in the same world as that character would live yeah. in or at least knows those people like who would be at that level like it's always like I don't know I kind of hope that like if I was a different person and like yeah. you know <laughs> they would always be like oh <gasps> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was a weird like it was a fun scene. Although yeah. I'm always a little bit like, it's it's one of those things. It's like you you really undercut your own like whatever mm-hmm. when you just literally make it. I'm gonna take off the glasses and make you look at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, also, um, I mean my uh, my my whole thing with that scene though is like you do it in a restaurant in a public like yeah. you don't know how she's gonna like she's also she's a journalist she could be like holy fucking shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Clark Kent, the man who works at the Daily Planet, is Superman and scream it out in yeah, a fucking yeah. restaurant. But you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like in the comics, there was a whole thing yeah. where uh, she live tweeted it yeah. because it was like a whole thing, yeah. and thankfully it's no longer canon. Yeah. But there was a there was like a reason she was trying to stop a bad guy from whatever Mm -hmm. but she like live tweeted his secret identity (laughs) and it was like a thing where you know she's a verified twitter person or whatever and so uh (laughs) 
but yeah, I, I will say actually that's one thing. I didn't <sighs> the humor was there mm-hmm. with Perry White in Reign of the Superman. Yeah. But I didn't love the way they portrayed Perry. Because like uh so far in these movies he's been just kind of an editor. He hasn't been cartoonishly over yeah. the top. Yeah, yeah. And like I get that traditionally he's been cartoonishly over the top in a lot of things, but I also kind of feel like he's the managing editor of basically the New York Times. He's not going to be this weird caricature. Like this this episode, it's like somebody pitches him a legitimately thoughtful story and he's just like, yeah, but instead make it about millennials and selfies. And (laughs) you you get a great Caesar's ghost out of it and you get a blah, blah, blah. And it really – the the silliness that they gave to Perry, uh, it was like not only was I like, "Eh," but also it kind of undercut the seriousness of like there was a really good moment in that scene where he calls out to Kent and has that moment of like realization that his go-to guy is gone yeah and i'm just like it's it's the it's the marvel bathos it's the like we're gonna have a moment and then we're immediately gonna undercut it with a joke but like very much like marvel like it doesn't always work and i felt like with perry it didn't work that's a very small criticism he has like three minutes of screen time but i think though that that i will say though the um Updates that mm-hmm. they did, like the modern. Oh yeah, because usually those are really cheap, like yeah. you know, like talking about millennials and twitters yeah, and, yeah. and things like that. Like I think it actually worked. It's, it worked within the world. Like I felt like Jurgens could have, like, no, like I, somebody, I, yeah, like somebody in the '90s could have, like yeah. those writers, like could have written this. Yeah. It, so it didn't feel like we're desperately trying to be updatable. Yeah. And kid, yeah. You know, whatever. I and like, it didn't, it didn't come off short or like insulting yeah. or whatever. It just came off as, you know, I, I like the fact that they kept all of the nineties shtick yeah. for Superboy yeah, and then just exactly. rationalized like, it as hey, like, people don't say that anymore. They're letting <laughs> him watch nineties sitcoms yeah. in his yeah. little like Lex Corp room. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why he wouldn't have Netflix, but yeah, you know, no, whatever. Um, <clears throat> I also like the fact that there's like a, a throwaway reference to him as he's like chasing celebrity in his first whatever Mm. uh there's like an unboxing video where he's opening up toys of himself (laughs) and uh like aside from the fact that i have kids and i know that's a thing uh there's also the fact that like it felt to me like a very organic uh update of Mm. there was a scene in reign of the superman where he was playing and endorsing a death of superman video game god uh, for like Super Nintendo yeah. or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I could to- like this is basically the next, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. the next iteration of that. Uh, I also do kind of like the fact that they didn't, and again, they didn't have the screen time for it. They didn't have anything for it. But like, I do like the fact that they didn't try at any point to do this whole the whole like, we've trademarked Superman because that was a thing. Like Rex oh, Leach, yeah, yeah. Lex, Rex Leach trademarked Superman so that nobody could call themselves Superman except for the kid. Yeah. And that was like a thing that recurred throughout Reign. And I'm like, with it being Lex, I could totally have seen some writer thinking that's a clever idea, and I'm mm-hmm. glad that it wasn't done, because it would have been nothing but a distraction. Yeah. And with Lex, it would have seemed really petty, and it would have made it even less believable that anybody anywhere would have approved the trademark. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh... Without having to go into, like, a... Yeah. Like, yeah, an exactly. hour... Like, I believe it would happen in real life here but I also but I don't believe it would happen within the comic book world yeah. that that exists yeah <laughs> well and also I think that it, it's one of those like in the comics you had like a basically it was implied to be like a six month time between mm-hmm. when he died and when everything was finally resolved yeah yeah like the year of real real time 
amounted to basically like six months in comic time, I think. And like, so you could have trademarked Superman, probably, especially if you had money behind you. Whereas in this, you don't get a sense that he was dead for all that long. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like, yeah, no, nerves would have been really raw. Like you yeah, wouldn't yeah. have been able to file that trademark. Yeah. Like, because yeah. there is a waiting period. Like after th- after ninety days, probably some mercenary asshole could have gotten away with it. Yeah. But like, while the body was still warm, you're not yeah. like nobody. Because the the press would eat you alive. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was an en- enjoyable movie. Uh, I I am not actually typically super crazy about these DC animated mm-hmm. movies, and like I said, I I do have an emotional attachment to these stories, so that like all of the changes they did, I didn't like all of them. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that I liked it so much speaks yeah. really highly of it. I do think that most people are gonna enjoy it, especially like if you're the kind of person who thinks, hey, I'm gonna watch this. Mm-hmm. You're, you're probably a mark for these anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's speaking to... Which which is one of the reasons I like these mm-hmm. is because they're not gunning for the, some imaginary audience of, like, yeah, basically yeah. this new magical audience. Like, you know what, who's going to see these films? Our generation, a little bit maybe older, and, our ki- and like, our generation's kids. Yeah. yeah. Because we're going to sit them in front of... You know, well, like, and, you'd sit them in front of the computer... In front of the, like, television and watch them, which, like... That's what they they clearly the animation level yeah. was at that level and like you know just like they didn't go Spider Man because yeah, they knew yeah. it wasn't gonna there's no scenario where it makes 150 yeah, million dollars exactly. um, you know uh, I, I will say too that uh, these are now being released day and date on the DC Universe app mm-hmm. which is you know again like DC has their own app with their own original programming and all that kind of crap and it's like this is, like that is branded as like for hardcore fans yeah. and so these animated movies. It's always been a mix of like stuff that's direct that's for hardcore fans and stuff mm-hmm. that's for really casual fans. Like the original Superman Doomsday DVD was marketed for casual fans because it's like the best-selling Superman story of all time. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. You know. Whereas by the time you get to the death of Superman and they're like, but no, we're gonna do one that actually looks like the comics. Yeah. It's you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's a if you've got DC Universe, you can watch this in like a half an hour from when we're recording it. Uh, as far as I know, they, they, it's going to go live day and date at midnight on, on the release date. But uh, I would definitely check it out if you have any kind of inexpensive way of doing it. Uh, these things generally are, like, they're, they're generally of pretty decent quality, but not all of them are for me. Yeah. Uh, these really were right in my wheelhouse, and I've been I'm kind of surprised by how much I like them. Because, again, uh, they do make a lot of changes to stories that I'm pretty fussy about. Yeah. So. And they're also completed art. Like both of them, I think, are completed arcs. Yeah. Like, yeah. as long as you know that Superman died at some point, and yeah. like have a vague idea. Especially, I mean, if you saw Batman versus Superman, then you can watch Reign of Superman yeah. without seeing. Yeah. For, you know, in fact, there's a lot so, of like, things in these movies. Yeah. That come from the DC live. Like it feels like these were written with people who have seen those movies in mind, and yeah. it's like yeah. we're gonna have little nods here and there to this and that and the other thing. Uh, there's a Martha joke that's buried in here, basically. Right, that. Oh, when there's a there's a point where Henshaw somebody says Terry's name and she's yeah. like, "Don't say her name. Why are you saying her name?" You know. Or, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I 
I, I was like actually taken out by that scene. Yeah, and I was. For some reason, I, I just didn't too... connect it because it was so. I, I was taken out of it just because I did think of yeah, that. Uh, I'm like, yeah. uh, oh, I don't think I they actually said it. why did you say that name. But yeah, it, but, but it no, was... now that you said it, like the... especially considering it was like a different voice acting level than he had done. Oh yeah, that, you know he'd done. That the was the scene thing. where he like cracked and became yeah, a crazy yeah, person. Yeah. 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 Uh, but so that that was like to me that was like <laughs> that's obviously intended for hardcore fans who you know. Yeah. But all right, any final thoughts before I let you? drive to uh yeah. the border uh, <laughs> well i yeah no i have a, a flight tomorrow morning um going to the california uh, going to southern california um but uh no it's like uh, like i said i definitely go see it you know um it, i don't know if it's, it's not gonna have another screen no it's now. not gonna have another no, so so run it if you can yeah. when when if the big one you, comes out maybe they'll do another yeah, one yeah. Of these. i mean I if you're know. and if you're and if you're a big fan of this arc or if you've seen you know death then just you know buy it because it's worth it like it's it's as good if not better than than rain um i think um so i mean then death of superman rain is like as good if not better as a of a story so like uh, within the film not a story anyway anyway but yeah recommended <laughs> uh yeah and uh Thanks, Zach. We uh, have a safe trip, and uh, I'll be back on the other side of this this trailer for another podcast on the ACPN network to talk uh, some deep dive Easter eggy into the Spider Verse spoilers with Logan. This should be no surprise to anybody, since that record scratch is the universal sign for something got fucked up. But uh, yeah, something got fucked up. Logan and I never actually got together for our planned conversation. Uh, we are going to have that, but it's going to be later. And in the meantime, Zach and I went and saw another new release wall movie. Because we are coming rapidly up on 100, I'm going to merge these two so that I can get them out and still have 100, 100 be the, the special episode that we have planned. So enjoy... Uh, Zach and I finishing our, well, not finishing our new release wall, but finishing the episode with a second new release wall conversation, this time about Cold Pursuit. Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. This is an episode of the new release wall. So uh, my name's Russ and I'm with Zach. Hello. And uh, we just got out of Cold Pursuit, <coughs> which is a, a film. It's a pun. <laughs> you get it? Um, you get it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let, let's start there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually like the movie in general. I actually enjoyed Asterisk. Yeah. But yeah. but that voice, man. Um, <laughs> there were a couple of scenes where Liam Neeson believably affects like a country slash midwestern slash southern yeah, accent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, leaving aside the fact that he's from Denver and they don't actually sound like that there. <laughs> even though even though for the first like fifteen minutes of the film, I truly thought that they were in Europe. Like just yeah. because yeah. I just it doesn't look like Colorado. No. Like there's like ways that mountains look in Colorado versus yeah. like the Alps. And these look like the fucking Alps. <laughs> I, I feel like they must have shot this in Vancouver and then just like yeah, oh yeah, cause, there's cause a there lot were, of like there yeah. were so many like CGI mats of like Denver. Yeah. Uh, it was like every time you saw the city of Denver, it wasn't. <laughs> it, well, you weren't driving through it. It was like the same like CGI mat yeah. that was like. Uh, and it might have been a stylistic choice because as the movie went on, it got more stylistic. And yeah, yeah, ways, yeah. But... No, I mean, I, they used the way that they did things, yeah. like, like the beauty of where they were and everything yeah, like that. Yeah. It, it was like kind of a like 
the way that Fargo used the yeah, like, that's finality of of uh, Fargo. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, the um, there were a couple of scenes where the accent worked, and then most of the movie it didn't. Yeah. Uh, he either sounded like he was doing a Batman voice, <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. like swear to me, <laughs> or in in some of the worse cases. He sounded like Liam Neeson trying to disguise his voice. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of times when you could hear the actual Liam Neeson accent under the the affect of the voice, and it didn't, like, I don't understand why they need, like, he's Liam Neeson. Yeah. Like, if you hired Liam Neeson, you hired Liam Neeson for, like, the package, including that voice. At least, you just, I mean, he didn't even do it was weird because it wasn't quite like the taken where yeah. where yeah it's not full it's not michael collins right you know but it's it's closer to what how he just kind of normally speaks and this was uh like a weird trying to like cut down on that and it's just like there's no reason why there's no need you know there's no need to be yeah to say that he's not possibly from ireland you know from yeah wherever, i mean I, I get that he's ostensibly like an everyman in this movie yeah. and blah blah blah, blah but like I don't know. There's no reason he couldn't have been a working-class immigrant. Like, there's literally nothing in the movie that says he has to have been have, like been born yeah. in Denver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because they don't establish that, like, the mobs that he's vaguely yeah. tersh- in the world of that yeah. is anything. It's just a mob. Like, there's yeah. the Denver, yeah. like, whatever. It's not, oh, there's the Italian, there's the Irish. There's yeah, the it really... And it, it actually almost kind of seems like his, like, the one guy, like... I don't know, they don't look Italian, so uh, yeah, I guess yeah. a couple of them do. Anyway, um, and that's an, that's actually another thing that, that bothered me in terms of nitpicks, is the revelation 40 or so minutes in that, and, and like minor spoilers here, because I, this is not the kind of movie I feel like people are going to care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a revenge movie. People get revenged. That's yep. that's the movie. Um, yes. But uh, the, the revelation like 40 minutes in that he comes from a family of mobsters. Yeah, yeah. And that, like, his dad and brother... He was, like, estranged from his dad and brother because he was the only person in the family who wasn't a criminal. Yeah, yeah. Um, it felt kind of tacked on. It felt like they ran out of ways for him to get information, and suddenly it was like, who who could he know that was in the mob? Oh, oh he's got a brother he's estranged from. Yeah. I kind of wish they had just, like, owned it and just been like... No, he's he, you know, just established that in some way, shape, and form. I mean, there yeah. literally could be like a line of dialogue, you know, when, yeah. when his son is dies, killed, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Then when it's early in the film, and you're like, wait, is he actually? Yeah. Um, you know, it could have been like, not again, you know, or something. Yeah. You know, or, I mean, you know, or, or I mean, honestly, like they find the body, and you know because the, so the, the the premise of the movie his son is an airport baggage handler who is on the take uh, for he basically has to look the other way and let drugs pass through this small airport yeah and the uh, like the other baggage handler is a junkie who steals some of the drugs yeah. and so the two of them both get kidnapped the guy who actually did the stealing manages to like throw himself out of the car yeah. and Liam Neeson's son ends up dead. Yeah. But, like, 
you could have easily established that he was from a mob family because, like, when they find the body, the coroner could have said something to him. Yeah. Like, the newspaper could have had something alluding to the fa- like. Yeah, the family of... The fact uh, that he... Yeah, exactly. The fact that he, like, had, gets the key to the city, basically, at the beginning of the movie, yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody could have, had, like, whispered something yeah. about, like, you know... Um, and again, like, it's it's not a huge deal, but, it like, to me, it just felt weird that you, like, you built him up as an everyman. And then later on, you're like, oh, maybe he yeah. can do all this stuff because, like, his dad was in the mob? It's, like, it's genetic, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing, too, where it's just like, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, very much like Taken, he, you know, he sets out on a roaring rampage of revenge. Uh, he, he basically kills his way up the food chain. And, and I mean, that's the, the funny thing is, like, it totally makes sense that he could kill his way up the food chain. Yeah. And, like, he's, be- yeah. he's like, beating people mercilessly. And then, like, most of, like, the first few, they just roll over on the guy up ahead of them because, yeah. like, they want to save their skin. Eventually, he gets to a point where the guy's like, they're going to kill me anyway, so yeah, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. And then Liam Neeson just shoots that guy and has to go at it from a different direction. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you could have just gone at it from another, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, like, the the movie goes from being taken to being, like, Fargo yeah. about a third of the way in. Uh, yeah. it, it was not immediately obvious that this was meant to be, like, a black comedy. Yeah, yeah no, it was not. And it was, like, really, really, like, it was just a fucking Liam Neeson revenge movie for, yeah. like, at least 20 to 25 minutes. And the first time we get, uh, like, a, a joke, like, something that's clearly intended to get a laugh, yeah. um, it fell flat in the theater. And we yeah. went to, a, a, a like, a half-full theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, it fell flat in the theater because it's the scene where they go to identify, he and his wife go to identify their son's body. Yeah. And, like, the joke is that the the little metal table that the body is on takes a really long time to crank up because they have to use like a little step thing and it's like and it goes on for like 40 seconds at least yeah it's almost past the point that it was necessary for even a black comedy to do it and then it was just like and the fact that no one says anything throughout it everyone just kind of looks at each other (laughs) Uh, and so like and so I at that point I was like wait is this supposed to be a black comedy because I feel like that was so awkward that it passed over into fun. And this funny. is pretty far into the film, too. Yeah, like, yeah. it's a good 12 minutes, probably? Uh, yeah, it at, least, longer, at least 12. It feel, yeah, yeah, it feels longer because the, there's a lot of silence in the yeah. first 20 minutes of yeah, the film. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's like, at one point, there's literally a joke about how he doesn't talk. Yeah, and, you, you know, have to say at least on. Yeah, his yeah. wife, when he when he goes to the uh, to the award ceremony to get the, like, the Citizen of the Year Award or whatever, his wife's like, you know, you're going to have to make a speech. Like... And he doesn't want to talk, and she tells him he has to say a hundred words or something. Yeah. Um, but, like, I... And the wife, I don't really get. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I do... I have a, I have a friend who lost a child, and, like, it, it puts you through a lot. And it fundamentally alters everything for a long, long time. Yeah. And so I do understand, like, they have this thing where, essentially, the wife, after their son dies and and basically the 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 bad guys don't like torture him or shoot him or anything they just shoot him up with an insane amount of heroin and let him overdose yeah 
And so then it becomes, well, your kid died of an OD. Yeah. And um, she basically goes into this thing where she's beating herself and her husband up because they didn't know their son well enough. Yeah, because he keeps he keeps saying, my son wasn't a druggie. Yeah. And, and then everyone goes, well, he died of an overdose. Even though it is weird because it's like, it is one of those lines of, I mean, obviously it's a revenge yeah. film, so yeah. logic doesn't dictate to things. But it is one of those, like, there are signs of drug abuse. There are, like, yeah, like yeah. oh, he wasn't, he literally took drugs once and then died. Yeah. I mean, that he's still not necessarily a quote-unquote druggie. He tried yeah. heroin once yeah. and died, which is a thing that can happen, yeah. um, I suppose. Especially, well, I mean, especially if you don't know how to do it. Yeah, like, yeah. Clearly, he much. has way too much. Yeah, he also um, shot himself in the ass with it, I guess, which is weird. Yeah, they... The first well, time you would they do pulled, that, but. They pulled down his... I know they pulled down his belt. I couldn't tell if it was the back, the belly, or the yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that... that but there was, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, for a movie that does a pretty good job like there are there are points in time where it does a really good job of keeping the like the organized crime elements in play like um there's like as he starts killing his way up the food chain he wraps these people these people in chicken wire and throws them into the into the river and like he explains to his brother later that the chicken wire is because that way they can get eaten by fish and not fill with gas and rise to the top so that way the body stays down yeah and, and his brother is surprised at this. Yeah, You're like, yeah. what? <laughs> but um, Actually, I felt like his brother was more impressed. Yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah, he was yeah. like, yeah. I know that. How do you know that? <laughs> but uh, but then, like, there's a scene where... Cause, okay, so the key fact that we left out, Liam Neeson is the snowplow driver. Yes, like, Mr. Plow. He, yes. Yeah, he has <laughs> the is... gigantic snowplow in this right. town that is basically constantly snowing in the in the Rockies. Yeah. And so he, like, part of the reason he got Citizen of the Year is because the town doesn't operate without him doing his job. Yeah. <clears throat> and and so he lives very comfortably because he's basically the lifeblood of the town. Yeah. Uh, but it's a snow resort, and yeah, so it's it, like yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a resort it's a, town. It's a well-off. It's basically like a very small Aspen. Exactly. You know, sort of exactly. Thing. But so there's a point where he like murders a guy, and then slams the guy's car down the mountainside with a snowplow to get rid of it. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like that is signing your crime. Yeah. Like, I, I really feel like if you have smashed him... And, like, there was actually... There was a thing. There's this narrative device throughout that was mostly played for comedy where they bring up a title card and, like, a cross or a Star of David or a hawk or whatever yeah. the religion is of the person um, and their name after they die. And I, I kind of expected this whole movie to build to Liam Neeson dying, like, of a heart attack yeah. or killing himself. or Like, I expected it to be that this whole thing was just his blaze of glory yeah. and that the last shot of the movie would be Yeah, because he's not, he's not doing any of this with no... I mean, especially that, that, yeah. that killing. But almost everything is just like, there's no... I, I don't care about the consequences. Yeah. Basically, there's no one in his life. Um, yeah. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, the thing and, that I didn't quite get to because we got off on a tangent about, the, yeah, but the wife leaves him. Yeah. Uh, just leaves one, and like it's this thing where like you know why she left because like she's she's devastated by losing their child and she feels like they failed as parents because they don't yeah. quote unquote know him, but like she leaves and she leaves a note on the bed that's just an, an envelope with an empty card yeah. that says nothing yeah. and an envelope that's, it's, it's it's like this really weird like I have nothing to say to you like yeah. you know whatever but 
So, like, she just disappears, and I fully expected there to be some kind of resolution to that at some point. Um, Or at least, like, reaching out to her and being like, hey, by the way, our son was the victim of, like, a murder conspiracy. Uh, like it, he didn't, he didn't actually do all of it. Yeah. He didn't actually wasn't, we did know him. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was still a criminal because he was letting the drugs yeah, pass yeah, through, but, he wasn't, but at yeah, the same time, like he was cash, taking yeah. 500 bucks a month to yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But so, so anyway, this like the, the thing with the wife was weird and that didn't pay off. And I, I fully kind of expected that he was just, this was his blaze of glory that he was yeah, not, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so some of that would have made sense because yeah. it was like you can you can just say like well he didn't care yeah but then other things he went out of his way to make sure that he wasn't being caught and then like at one point the police start to seem like maybe they might catch on and they don't but like she comes to talk to him and he plays really dumb yeah, yeah. like there's it, like there's this one really good cause she's like a rookie cop who wants to like be a real police officer like yeah. you see on TV and it's a resort town where the guy, like the guy who's training, where pot's her, legal and yeah, yeah, and exactly. they don't really care, and so yeah. And so like the old guy who's training her is just like, we have a way we do things here, yeah. and it's like you know she gets the inkling that this is like a turf war between two rival drug gangs, which yeah. it kind of turns into at some point. Yep. And she wants to investigate that, and he's like, oh, slow down. That sounds like a problem for Denver Vice. Yeah. And um. And so, like, you have this idealistic cop who wants to do the right thing, and she starts piecing things together, and she comes to see him, but it's not because she's figured out he's murdering his way up the ladder, it's because she's figured out that his kid might not be a drug addict, and she wants to come and give him closure. And it's this whole weird, awkward scene where, like, you keep expecting one or the other of them to allude to something. Like, you expect those two characters to make a connection, because they're the two honest people who are trying to do... Like they're on their journeys, yeah. and they don't. They don't make any kind of connection at all, um, and and it's weird. Like, yeah, no, that that because I I thought that there was a, I mean yeah exactly. There's a, there's a moment where they that the film could have been having them like doing the kind of the wink and a nod sort of we'll right. give you a little bit of info and we'll help take it down. But like yeah. Liam Neeson's character doesn't care about any of the bigger thing. Yeah, he literally just wants to find the person who killed him yeah. and then kill them, and and, that, and, and then that's it. And part of that, too, honestly, is the morals of this movie are so confused. Mm -hmm. Because, like, he wants to find the person who killed his son and kill that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But in... As as part of doing that, he ends up putting that guy's child, who's not, like... He's a child child. Mm -hmm. He's, like, 12. Yeah, yeah. uh, In the line of fire. Yeah. And also, like... There's there's collateral damage in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like you actually become you you develop affection for the rival gang leader. This like this Native American yeah. guy who came up from nothing, who like the main bad guy's dad had formed a partnership with him back in the seventies or something. Yeah. And then like the the resort town blew up around his little drug like yeah. plantation and suddenly he's a millionaire and everybody's millionaires and it's great. Yeah. Uh but like his kid wants to get in the business. He doesn't want him in the business. He sends him out on one run because they keep having all these people die and they yeah. need somebody to do with the run. And then, like, the bad guys kidnap his kid and kill him to try and make a statement because they think that yeah. Liam Neeson's killings are the Native Americans. Yeah. And then, like, it's clearly not because it's Liam Neeson. Yeah. But, like, it's this weird thing of, like, you got his son killed. Like, your actions yeah. 
caused this other person who is likable in the context of the movie yeah. to go through the same shit that you're going through. Yeah. And there's never any real self-examination about that. There's never any real self-exam... Like, so, in a lot of these movies, these, like, revenge movies, and especially the, like, the everyman revenge movies, yeah. it's like the idea is... My simple homespun values say I go take care of my stuff. Yeah. But in this case, like, he gets wrapped up in this organized crime thing, and he doesn't care about the collateral damage. But the movie chooses to have collateral damage be, like, people who are likable and people who are – like, it's not just the worst of the worst. Yeah. Um, Which it's weird because it's kind of – I mean, and and again, like, that's something that I think Fargo did. Yeah. much much better and and I and I think it's I think it's unfair to compare it, Fargo I, Fargo is a art film by the Coen brothers yeah. that was about the about basically a weird you know murder yeah. murder whatever kidnapping whatever yeah. thing this is a revenge flick that is kind of stepping its toe into yeah, having yeah. a weirdness it's uh, there's a lot of uh it it has a feeling I mean I think I forget what the who the directors are, but but it has like that feeling of the uh, the the weirdness of a lot of the the Scandinavian yeah, which it, it looks stuff. like it looked like it, and if it was based yeah. on one of those yeah I mean oh um, yeah it is because yeah, it, it, it says it, like in the credit yeah, I, yeah, I forgot what is. the movie was yeah, but it said based but, on the movie blah 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 yeah, no, I remember um, but um but it has that it has that weird feeling which I, it it's weird because they doesn't it doesn't it doesn't quite pass over well enough and I think it's yeah. just some, a problem with Americans versus Scandinavians yeah. just the way they like they talk and, and react to these things yeah um, and obviously the Scandinavians like they, they have this this fucking yeah. field like mastered yeah. you know from everything from the this is the sort of movie they make yeah like, yeah <laughs> like yeah. this is what they do this is what they export um, this yeah. and oil yeah. um, and and whale blubber or something I don't know anyway Probably. Um, but no <laughs> you're gonna get angry emails from Um, or Michelle (laughs) (laughs) but um, it is um, it it doesn't quite hit on those Mm -hmm. points which is it's like which is kind of I think it's biggest it's so close Mm -hmm. to being one thing and it's so close to being another thing yeah so it doesn't end up but those things are very disparate and so they don't they clash poorly yeah like and it's just and it's weird because there, I mean, there's just certain things like, so there's no, there's not like a score for the most part. Yeah. So the silencers are si- just, and they're not silent, silent. Like it's weird. It's just like well, because there's, there's not always a, weather. Because yeah, like, yeah, the whole yeah. thing is there's there's wind, there's snow. Yeah, but it's not it's not like the, a lot of times they're in a in a room and you don't hear the wind mm-hmm. blowing or something like that. It's just room tone. Yeah. Um, and so like it doesn't, I don't know it. it it doesn't I feel like there should either be a score like even just notes you know yeah. just not even necessarily a score but just like keep you know yeah, well, and, or a wind tone just through th- certain things to f- make you feel where you are yeah. a little bit more and that was just a weird thing that kept kind of like pulling me out yeah. of certain scenes because again there's like so very little dialogue in the whole yeah. thing um, well and two I think the title cards again you come come back to the title cards and like the by the time you get to the big like shootout at the end and there's like 12 of them it's like every there was an audible like everybody in the theater laughed yeah uh and again like there are big pieces of this movie that work and especially the black comedy once the movie owns the black comedy which is about by the time you really like it's really there like it's it's a coen brothers movie basically that's like two-thirds of the way in yeah 
But, uh, like, once it owns that, people really were enjoying it. There were big pieces that did work. Yeah. But, like, that particular, like, those are silent. And I feel like you really could have benefited from having some kind of score yeah. for those. Yeah. Because, like, yes, granted, the first one was his son, and it was, like, it's very serious. And then later, they're being played more for laughs. Yeah. But, like... You could have done something that works and, both and ways. And they had this weird continued beat with, uh, you know, they're driving in cars, and then the person who's driving has a weird music taste. Yes. Uh, which yes. was super fun. Like, one of the one of the Native Americans had, was listening. God, was he listening to something really weird? I actually forget what the hell it is now. Um, but it, then, it was like Sinatra or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was something in that in that world in that vein. Yeah. And then they were in a, a cabbie uh, in a in a lift or a cab or yeah. what I assume it was a lift no or... it, it looked like a lift but it was a cab when they pulled out for the shop oh okay really yeah oh, okay. the exterior shot it was like an SUV cab yeah um and <laughs> and like he was listening to um country music of some kind like I, old... I can't and then he jumped over to Barbie Girl they they make notice of music because there's a handful of bits um where uh somebody's in a car and they're making oh, yeah, a joke talking about, about that how, runner how the, how the music is you know whatever drive the drivers way is like weird and doesn't match them yeah um but like they don't follow through on it like but yeah. they kind of you know and and which is i think kind of the whole film yeah, um yeah. not even the fault not they don't follow through on it but just on the general like again they just get they almost don't, there they don't quite commit to a bit yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And they, they just don't commit to a style yeah. to an extent either. And um, like this is this is actually a film that like I want to see a Snyder cut. Yeah. You know, that, bring back that joke. I don't think I made it in one episode. Um, uh, but uh, is it the fact that like I think that there's a tighter edit of this film yeah. that makes it a, a much more solid film. Like yeah. it's still good. Um, like I think this is a great rental. Yeah. Like a solid solid rental. I'd be I'd be, would have been more than happy to pay. Four ninety nine, oh, yeah. you know, whatever for it. Um, I don't think it's necessary to see it in the movie theater. Um, it's it, you know, it's funny because I also, uh, and this would have fallen apart halfway through, but in the the first half, I remember turning to you and saying like, I want to cut all of the mobster stuff out and just have it be yeah. Liam Neeson, have it be like a character study, yeah, yeah. and like, is this real? Like, did his kid really? get messed up in an organized crime yeah. or is he like rationalizing and like just going on this like because to me like I'm, and again like that's a totally different movie but I feel like I feel like that's a movie like I yeah, feel well, like that's the, that's the thing like that's a movie like this, this no but I mean of, like that is a movie like oh, there oh, is oh. a movie where like um, somebody's going on like a revenge thing and it's not quite sure if they're actually you know justified or not right like, hell, what movie is that Anyway, anyway, but yes, but, but no, yeah, this could work. That could very easily work. It could have worked at least for the first yeah. half. It really falls apart once they start like setting up the, the like the, the oh, yeah. war yeah. between the two organized crime. Because yeah. like, had you committed to that bit and then finally yeah. gotten to the point where he kidnaps the kid, yeah, and like, I, I feel like you would have been. It, you know what? You're probably thinking of falling down. Like, by the t- by the time you get to the end, if he if you didn't know for sure that like his kid was actually murdered by it was definitely more recent than yeah more recent but, than I'm thinking of but like I'm just thinking of yeah, like yeah, yeah. that could have been a falling down kind of, like uh, almost a falling down kind of ending where yeah. like he he goes so so far as to like kidnap some guy's kid yeah. and like if you hadn't already seen this guy being awful on screen a bunch of times yeah. and blah 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 like then like <laughs> it's like 
what? Yeah. He's, like, kidnapping the mobster's kid? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> but, so, like, and again, like, that's a different movie, and I, I, we really, like, we try not to be in the business of, like, rewriting the movies, yeah, but yeah. because that felt like a potential thing in the first yeah. chunk of the movie, like, oh, yeah. it, and, and, like, you, it felt to me like it could have gone that way. Yeah. It could have gone the way of, like, no, your kid really did just use drugs and it was bad luck, you know? Yeah. But, but, like, having it spelled out for you early on, like, I just, I could see where they could have done that, and yeah. it seemed like it would be a, would be a fun idea. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't work for this movie, but, yeah, you're right, there's, I think there's a tighter edit. Yeah. Um, I also think there's a, there's, there's a version of this movie where the comedy just works a little bit better because again there were some really funny moments but like it was so inconsistent with the I, I think the, the biggest I think the biggest problem is is that you you're fully into a, a standard revenge flick film yeah um and then that that like 10 minutes in that yeah. first thing happens and you're like oh whoa yeah like is this gonna be and it doesn't it doesn't really since they don't recognize that it's odd yeah within the scene yeah which usually when it's a black comedy. People yeah. will, to some level, recognize yeah. that it's like, what the fuck is going on? Is this really happening right yeah, now? Like, yeah. there's kind of the office kind of like look to camera sort yeah. of thing. Um, at least, or at least some recognition of like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Well, and they, they don't do that, so I don't know. Like, I, I think that if they had done it earlier, established yeah. one. I mean, they could have done it in any kind of any way. Like, even like the Twin Peaks thing, where cause, yeah. like in the pilot for Twin Peaks, that light didn't work. Yeah. But that wasn't scripted, but the guy was just like, uh, sorry, it doesn't, like, whatever he said, it was like, acknowledging the fact that that was odd, like, instead of reshooting that scene with a working light bulb, they were like, that makes the scene so much better, like, let's go, like, just one of those little things, um, and it's weird to me that they had a a second runner that was basically that exact same joke when they were bringing the coffin up, like, from their subterranean lair, and it was like... No, the the like the service elevator thing that they're taking takes yeah. forever. Yeah. And it was just like, really? That that was the joke you wanted to go back to. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. But yeah, I mean, again, like I think uh, it's like a three star movie. Like I yeah. certainly enjoyed elements of it. I don't think on the whole it was a great movie. You know. Um, yeah, and it's and it's weird because and you know and, and, and it's funny because I I don't um. I, obviously, I think the reason that anybody knows this movie probably right now or has been talking about it is because yeah. of Liam Neeson's um, yeah. weirdly taken out of context like comments, um, even though they're still kind of weird. That mm. like I thought that there was going to be some other element to this film that because it's 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 I can't I can't decide whether it's it's mildly racist or playing into tropes and making them funny. Yeah. yeah. Like it, some of it works, some of it doesn't, but you, but there's no, there's no sign that it, it's recognizing that like the native American casinos things and stuff like that, like they're a mob. And the fact like there's the, the weird scene of when they're at this resort and they're like throwing snowballs at each other and, and doing all these things that like, it's like this weird, it's like kind of making a cultural statement, but it's also kind of making situation yeah it's it's a weird like and and like the the mobster is like racist and homophobic because like mobster he talks the way mobsters talk in every movie and then but then like you have 
And all of that kind of works within the milieu of, like, yeah. okay, mobster. But then you go to the, the Native American guys, and, like, there's a scene where they're, like, they, they have scut work, and they try to hand it off to the secretary. Yeah. And she's just like, no, make the Indian do it. And then, like, hard cut to, like, a random guy who works in their organization who's, like, Indian, as yes. in from the country of yes. India, not yeah, Native yeah, American. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> It was a chuckle moment, yeah, yeah. but it was like that weird thing of like that's the only time that the racial stuff comes into the Native American plot, yeah. except for when they do the reservation joke yeah. uh, at the reservations desk at the, yeah, yeah, the hotel, yeah. which is an inversion of that. Like it's not that they're racist; it's that yeah. they're taking the, advantage of, yeah, of the white guilt, essentially. Thing. I mean, I, I do thoroughly enjoy the like, what the hell is up with? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> watching the rich, um, but it. It's a weird thing that 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 uh, I haven't seen what the actual question like the lead up was like I haven't watched the full video yeah. with with uh, uh, Neeson, but it is such a weird like that he decided to bring up this conversation within that um, bring this thing up because the film I thought maybe the film like the guy was killed by a black guy or something you know something or yeah, whatever yeah. and no no there was not really any reason why he needed to bring that th- bring up I mean that. the only thing I can think of maybe the question like if the if the, yeah. the reporter had seen an early screening maybe the question was asking about the racism that's in the movie I mean I think and, he brought I think but, it was literally just um, about like wanting to take revenge yeah. on for whatever and like his reason and then and then he elaborated the fact that you know he wanted to a black person yeah specifically or beat up a black person at least and, well it, it was that it, yeah. the the i mean the context of the quote which oh, yeah, doesn't yeah. make it much yeah. better was that like somebody he knew had been raped and he's like well yeah. who yeah. was it i don't know what did he look like he was a black guy yeah and so then he goes to like the black neighborhood and just tries to yeah. like pick fights with people in the hopes yeah. that he can be justified in hurting someone yeah. and it's like the 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 biggest problem to me wasn't that wasn't the like the white supremacy implicit in that act because like he was acknowledging that it was wrong yeah but it was mostly that he 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 seemed to be kind of looking for an attaboy for like not committing a hate crime yeah it's like how low is the bar for old white guys i I didn't i didn't read it that way it was just one of those like i didn't it was for me the weirdness was bringing it up because it's like it's something that like we had no there was never any context of him being yeah. a racist ever. And so yeah. suddenly he outed himself as previously of having racist thoughts and being a yeah, racist. Yeah. And then he had like, okay, so here's my redemption story. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> like you just admitted. I mean, like in this time, like, and within, within the context of your film yeah. premiere thing. And it's just like, ah, what? Yeah. Now, yeah. Like what? <laughs> It, it was but, very because I thought like if this was because there's a lot of those films like Peppermint was such yeah. a thing where it was just a horrible racist yeah um in every way shape and form and like comically racist it was like if somebody with the Onion was trying to make a fucking film about reve- you know about re- revenge against Mexicans and it's yeah. like oh my fucking god um but this didn't have that like I I I kind of like the like the like the because they played on a lot of the tropes with, with yeah. Native Americans there. Um, I like that the fact that they actually hired Native Americans. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is wild. And there's not, and there's usually like three guys that they yeah. hire. And those three guys weren't there. No. Like, I was actually, I only recognized one actor that was yeah. there. And I'm like, oh, wow, well done. You yeah. guys went out of the normal casting pool. Yeah. Oh, well, we got to pull Graham Green out and then uh, that other guy. There's yeah, like, one it. other guy that we pull. 
Um, never gets a name roll, but that's it. But um, Graham yeah. Greene was in Riverdale as the <laughs> random Native American guy. Of course he was. Uh, that was a whole <laughs> thing too. That's what he plays. <laughs> He's great, but it's like it's like a totally abandoned plot about <laughs> Jughead, like appropriating Native American tragedy <laughs> for his writing, yeah. and then it just like it was like an episode and done. And it's like wait oh, that, okay. that that that. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, and, episode, and, yeah, and I did like the fact that the uh, the Native American crime boss yeah. was walking through the like Indian themed ski resort, yeah. looking at all of like the wampum belts with yeah, the made in China made in tags. China. Yeah, no, um, it like that. I mean, like I liked that a lot. It felt it felt moderately kind of undeserved or unearned. Yeah. Um, although I, I I feel like it worked for this movie because oh, yeah. like. He, even though it did feel a little unearned, he wasn't indignant about it. He literally, like, turned it over, looked at the Made in China thing, and, like, smirked and walked on. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, like, I mean, it was oh, kind yeah, of no. a commentary, it was, yeah, but it wasn't it was, a commentary. Yeah, yeah no, it was I so... mean, he, he was, he, he, the character clearly understood the irony of his ent- yeah, of the entire yeah. situation that he was doing. Because also, like, I mean, he earlier made, in that weird kind of speech that mm-hmm. that for no reason really it needed to happen. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm fine with it because it was a good, like... Okay, we're gonna give this character an entire back history yeah, yeah. in like in like a talk, and we're like, okay, we're not gonna do flashbacks, but we're gonna give him a, a you know a, a speech that he's gonna tell people that probably already know this stuff around yeah. him um, about like, oh, he could, he should have he should have just yeah, got I a mean, casino. At least they <laughs> at least they contextualized like, it with yeah, it was yeah. his son's eulogy, and so like yeah. there's a kind of sort of reason yeah, for yeah, him yeah. to be like rambling yeah. about stuff we all yeah. know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was. It, it's a it's a solid entertaining movie mostly yeah. with some choices that are just more baffling than outright bad. Yeah, yeah. But it 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 like edged it was like one one degree away from being like oh that's just random. Yeah. Like they're trying to be too random. Yeah. Not in the like kind of very well thought out quirky weirdness yeah. that Coen Brothers films are um, but in a way of like somebody trying and somewhat yeah. succeeding at trying to do it and it's not a, it's not a Coen Brothers film in that way like no. it's not even trying to be but um, just just because Coen Brothers yeah. are like the masters of the black comedy yeah. so it's you know I mean to me I think part of it too was the fact that they just kept adding things as yeah, the movie yeah, went yeah, yeah. and so it started to feel like it, it, it was good because it built a world and it made the world feel kind of real and lived in. Yeah. But the other side of that is it just felt like they were throwing so much stuff at you and a lot of it didn't matter outside yeah. of the one scene where it was introduced. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and, and like little things too that were just weird, like, you know, the, the Native American crime boss, his mm-hmm. kid getting killed it's like you didn't know that was his kid yeah, until yeah. he like was delivering the eulogy basically yeah like there's no point where they establish before the kid is killed yeah like hey you don't want to kill me my dad is the head of the family yeah like yeah. it's it's you know um and and by the way and it, i kind of actually like this because it's it feels like real life mm-hmm. as far as i can tell the italian slash irish slash white mobsters yeah never know that yeah like there's never a point where they understand why they are like at war yeah like because they they kill this guy to send a message and then 
when they realize that they've killed the wrong person, yeah. they kill one of their own guys and say, like, it was him, his fault, <laughs> yeah. he did it, here's yeah. your peace offering, please, let's go back to business as usual. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the uh, White Bull, is that, was, in, was that his name? Yeah, White, yeah, I think so. Yeah, White yeah. Bull kills the messenger. Yeah. Instead, like, really? he doesn't... There's not like he doesn't send the messenger back and be like, "This is an unacceptable offering because you killed my kid." Yeah. Like, there's no making this right. Yeah. <laughs> like, he kills the messenger, and then when they answer the the messenger's phone, they just say he's dead. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> it's this weird thing of like, and I kind like I said, I kind of like it because it feels like this is real. Yeah. In the sense that like, all of this <laughs> other okay. stuff happens. Basically, almost everybody in the movie dies in a hail of gunfire, yeah. and half of the people involved have no fucking idea why it happened. Yeah. Like, first of all, they don't... I don't think ever... I don't think ever... I don't think Liam Neeson ever yeah. explains to, the, to, the, to the, the crime family, like, I'm doing this because you killed my kid. Yeah, I don't know if they ever figure that out. Like, with, at least they never implicitly no. say like, it. They just figure out it's him, yeah. and I think that they think it's... Well, yeah, because his brother... His brother gave a bullshit he, reason. He, yeah. Because yeah. his brother was trying to, like, pretend to protect yeah, him or yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, But, like, yeah, so I don't think... It's this weird thing where it's, like, everything Liam Neeson does, yeah. like, 90% of the people involved don't know why he's doing it. And then everything that the Native Americans do, yeah. all of the, the people on the other side of the crime war don't yeah. know why they're doing it. It's, like... It really is just like chaos, and I feel like that's probably what gang violence yeah. is like. <laughs> no that one like knows, half no one the time, yeah. it's like yeah, there's yeah. one guy who knows what's going on, <laughs> and every person around him is like, "Why are we doing? I don't know, but they're shooting at this us." This is what we do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I it's that weird thing of like narratively, it's unsatisfying, but I kind of like it because yeah, yeah. like no, it, I like the in it, it because that's what fine. I mean, most death is random. Yeah, you know, and, and well, and it, it it plays into like the absurdity not just of the world of the yeah, movie, yeah, but yeah. the absurdity of like yeah. organized crime and of yeah, like yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, again, we've spoiled the heck out of it, so you can pretty much at this point know whether it's a movie you'd be interested in. Yeah. Uh, it's it, but it's like I said, it's like a a B minus C plus kind of movie, I think. Like. Yeah. Uh, like I said, three yeah, stars yeah. out of five yeah. for me. Yeah, I'll, and, I mean, I'll watch it again when it comes out. Yeah. It's, it's a film that, like, it's definitely something you want to turn on um, when it's on, you know, TNT later yeah. on, like in five years or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure but, I'm um, sure my in-laws will want to watch it just because it's like a Liam yeah, Neeson yeah. revenge movie. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to watch it with, like, non-film people yeah, and be like, yeah. okay, so what did you think? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah. So. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. A-B-E-N